0: are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com.
1: Hey everybody, Brock here. Just a quick note before we start the interview with Dean Dwyer. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast because we've got a special deal for you and you don't want to miss out on this. So don't turn it off halfway through. Make sure you listen all the way to the end to get a special deal. And now on to the interview with Dean Dwyer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm Brock Armstrong, once again sitting in the interviewer seat, and we're here in the Toronto studio. Usually we're coming to you from the Malibu studio, but today it's the Toronto studio looking out the window at the frozen Great White North, as everybody out here in the East is experiencing right now. And across the table from me experiencing the Great White North with me is my friend from many different variables and many different angles. And he's a guy that you probably are familiar with if you've been to Paleo FX, if you've been in the Paleo sphere at all for the last few years, if you frequent bookstores or online booksellers, you've probably seen his name. And his name is Dean Dwyer. (laughs) Woohoo! There he is. (laughs)
0: That's my introduction to myself. <laughs> I like it.
1: I like it. So welcome to the Private Blueprint Podcast.
0: I'm excited. This is the first live interview that I've ever done.
1: Yeah, so, this is uh, great. Yeah. We're actually sitting across the table from each other. We can look each other right in the eye <laughs> while we're talking, which You're could... going to know
0: when I'm lying. Exactly. I, normally yeah. I do these interviews and, you know, I'm lying on the couch and I'm in my underwear and <laughs> yeah, I'm dress both up. both
1: to get dressed. That was, <laughs> that was weird. Weird and different. But yeah, so I wanted to have you here today. You've, lately, your focus has really shifted from, from, well, Making Shift Happen being the title of the your your biggest book, I guess, to a, more of a willpower sort of aspect of things these days. And that that intrigues me, mostly because I feel like I, I guess I'm probably not alone in this feeling, but I feel like I lack some willpower. And being that... Uh, this whole primal idea this whole primal lifestyle the paleo lifestyle any of these sort of lifestyles that we read about and we we think about and we want to adopt because we we hear that everybody's doing so well and their lives are changed their their aspects are wide open because they've adopted these lifestyles but making the first step is often easy because that's really just going out and buying the book and reading the book and going to the website and all that kind of stuff but then how do you continue? How do you keep that momentum going? So really, that's that's what I wanted to get you in here today to, to talk about. But before we go too, too far, fill in the people out there who may not have, who may be living under a rock somewhere and haven't been exposed to you yet. What is your background? Where do you come from? What should they know about you?
0: Yeah, well, actually, um, if people have been following Mark for a while now, I actually did, uh, I, I had... Uh, My exposure to the paleo space actually started with a blog post that I did my success story on Mark's Daily Apple. Oh, cool. Yeah, back uh, July 1st, 2011, which blows me away that that's uh, uh, almost four years ago now, which, Uh uh, again, uh, the time has gone by so fast. And when I had posted that, I had been in, uh, I I had started paleo, discovered paleo, I think January of that year so I had been paleo for about five months and had great success with it and uh, my brother had suggested you know uh, possibly submitting my story and that actually sort of opened up a a whole lot of doors for me because nobody really knew who I was and Mm. um, I had the blog that I had at that time was called being primal and my fascination with the whole paleo movement in general was not so much about the movement but rather the mindset that goes into trying to create change and and i have uh i have continued actually to sort of focus on the mindset in and of itself intrigues me in so many different aspects of our lives where we're looking to try and sort of make uh, the changes that we're trying to make and stick to them and so that's that's what got me into the space that's where i continue to uh to sort of put all my efforts is is again just um looking at how people go about sort of making change because i mean the reality is for all of us change is really really hard whether you're trying to adopt a paleo diet or you're trying to you know incorporate
1: an exercise program or I'm trying to balance your checkbook yeah, or, yeah yeah there's so it's many
0: aspects to the our the little lives.
1: mundane things in life all involve change involve
0: willpower i think that's something else too i think when people think about willpower and i'm I'm not sure what most people associate with willpower but when i think about willpower the first thing that pops to mind is food and being able to Mm.
1: uh foods i can have foods i can't have but that's funny uh, that's i wonder if that's a particularly north american sort of thing because i think of that too it's like when somebody says oh i don't have willpower it's like you're gonna eat a a donut (laughs) that's what you're talking about when you say you don't have willpower it's funny you said it
0: because that's exactly the image that comes to mind when I think about it right I think about willpower and I think yeah there's a donut and you know that idea of how do you go about resisting it Mm, forbidden donut but willpower is everywhere like it's it's, it's in all aspects of our lives again from from waking up you know when your alarm goes off and getting off on the up on the first ring i mean there's there's acts of will in that uh having patience with your kids is an act of will like there are so many aspects to our lives where willpower
1: actually plays a significant role that people probably a more significant role than than resisting the donut even
0: oh absolutely absolutely i mean there again it's 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 a lot more um uh invasive i think than people realize and uh but it's a, it's a tough thing to kind of wrap your head around. But anyway, I uh, uh, yeah, I wrote a book. I wrote a book about it. Um, well, I wrote a book called uh, Makeshift Happen, Change How You Look by Changing How You Think. And that was, again, was not a paleo book per se, although the last chapter, the last two chapters I do talk about paleo because that was a big part of my change. But the other 18 were, were just about sort of my shifts in mindset in terms of how to approach this. And it continues to be the thing that I think most people don't talk about, which is the mindset behind creating change, which I believe is far more important than the actual changes that people are talking about. Because it's one thing to know what to do. And I think probably a lot of listeners know a lot of the things that they should be doing, but they're not doing them. And I think that that's the real challenge is trying to figure out why it is that we don't do the things that we should be doing and how to figure out what to do and how to be able to sort of sustain those changes long term.
1: Okay, so So we know what we're supposed to be doing and we know why we should be doing them, but we don't know how to implement that into our lives. We don't know how to take the step. Is that, is that what you're saying?
0: I think that that's, um,
1: so we can see the, we can see the flaws in what we're doing right now and we can see where we want to go or where we should go but we don't know how to bridge that that gap yeah that's actually a great that's a that's a
0: great way to uh to frame the whole thing i think that now some people would say well you know what i don't know what to do but i i i would probably challenge them in the sense if you were to ask them some probing questions about um what they do know i think if you could ask them the right questions i think people would come to realize that they know a lot more than they think they know i sometimes it's a lot easier for us to just claim ignorance and say well i you know i really i just don't know what to do
1: yeah but yeah i've uh, experienced that a lot where people are like well i don't know what i should be eating what do you what's healthy food and like well no well what do you mean tell me what you think is an unhealthy food and they're like well fast food and candy bars like yes exactly (laughs) there that's a good place to start well, sorry, I, and
0: and people can't see me doing this, but I have to write down things that you say so that I don't forget to comment on them. But I think <laughs> um you know, something else that I have discovered about myself and about other people too is we're not actually really great at thinking critically about our own problems. And um and that's also part of this process too is that sometimes it's it's, it's simple enough or it, it's easy to say, well, I don't have willpower, but that's a that's a, a very simple way to sort of take myself off the hook. It's yeah. like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I just don't have this thing called willpower. Mm. Um, but part of this this whole willpower thing that I've been on is really being able to sort of um, critically assess the things that I'm struggling with and try to sort of take things back to their, uh, I'm going to throw a phrase out that people may or may not be familiar with, called first principles, which is, um, which is something that I've just recently discovered. It, it's a, it was a term actually that that's it's a business term, but it applies perfectly for health. Is sort of taking things back to sort of, um, right to the very beginning in terms of what the root causes of a problem. Mm. And once you figure that out, then you can start to put some things in place that will help sort of people get, you know, send them in the right direction. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm off, uh, I'm off tangent a little bit with that, but it's a complex problem. Like, again, it's, it's not one of those things that you can, um, you know, you can sit down in a, in a 15 or 20 minute brainstorming session and people go, okay, I've now got willpower I'll all figured out and yeah. I know what to do. Um, you said something earlier too, and I sort of made a note. The struggle. One of the things when I got involved, especially when I started with paleo, is I thought, and I had this moment, and I've talked about this in a couple of interviews, where I had a moment where I really thought I had everything all figured out, and I thought I am not going to struggle with this anymore. And what, uh, but I was still kind of in the honeymoon phase of of the, sort of the paleo journey and making changes. And once that ended, things got really hard again. And it wasn't it wasn't that uh, I stopped doing all the things that that had had led me to success before i just wasn't doing them as strictly as i was initially Hmm. and have since discovered in the last four years that you know we go through cycles with this stuff where we're totally on and then there's there's moments when we're not and and uh willpower works very much the same willpower we're not always on with our willpower we have we have times when uh you know, we're able to do exactly what we should be doing in all areas of our life. And then we have other times where I may struggle in one area of my life where, again, like maybe I want to get up early, but I'm not getting up early. And yet I continue to eat really well. So it's not like we don't have we don't have willpower. There are aspects of our lives that we struggle with it on a consistent basis. And in some areas more than off uh, more, more than others. But the more that we struggle in those certain areas, then obviously, the, the fewer the results that we're getting that sort of move us in the direction that we want to move.
1: I feel like willpower is is more like a weapon that that you can wield <laughs> at yeah like it's like the 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 willpower ninja <laughs> it sort of chooses the time and the place to use the willpower and also perhaps chooses when not to use it and I think earlier you you were saying that some people use that as almost a an excuse where well I I just don't have the willpower I kind of feel like everybody has it but I think I've actually even heard you say that it's it's more like a muscle like your willpower isn't necessarily gone or there but it's something that's developed like you have to do bicep curls if you want to have a bicep well you don't lose your bicep if you stop doing curls but it doesn't be, it's not as effective
0: uh, Well no and I, I was going to say too you know I, I think again when we talk about willpower the way most people talk about it, It, it we, we feel that it's some sort of a magical thing that, you know, hopefully I'll have it when I go to this thing. Um, a lot of willpower is really a thought process. When you start listening to people and breaking down people who get results on a consistent basis, they think differently about things than people mm-hmm. who struggle. Yeah. And this is not a pitch for uh, for the course I created, but I did create a course around willpower because again, I was fascinated with the idea that um like how do people go about actually creating change and like what what are they thinking i wasn't just um I, I think the mistake that i make and i think um most of us make this is that when we want to create change we look at what other people are doing yeah. and we want to do what they do and hope that we get the same results it doesn't work that way it doesn't work from the outside in it works from the inside out if you want to change what you're doing you've got to change how you're oh, okay
1: so just replicating what you're seeing in perceiving their actions doesn't actually change anything on the inside because you're not going through the same process, the same thought process. You're just trying to execute the final movement, which is refusing the, that donut. And so just by trying to execute your life in the way that you're perceiving somebody else executing their life, you're, it's a superficial thing. It's, it's something that can't be sustainable because you're not actually connecting to it on an emotional or a cognitive level. It's rather, it's more of emotion.
0: Yeah. And and that's, you bring up a couple of really great points with that. And I, I think, and again, and I, and I, the reason that I started sort of looking at this was because it was, I was just curious to know, because even though I know a lot about this space, I still feel it's really sort of in its infancy in terms of behavior change. I really feel like we're, we're, um, we're a long way from really truly understanding effective behavior change. But again, when you start, looking and listening to how people think about the things that they do, I realized that when I struggle, I'll use a couple of examples as you were talking, a couple, a couple of I'm examples. Struggling. The first one is um, what I call the lottery mindset, and it's people who, who uh, win a lottery. And you will see there are a lot of studies out there that um, people who win a lottery, um, at some point in the, in, in the, the not-so-distant future, that they end up not that they lose it all in one shot, but they they end up back sort of where they were at some point. It might be ten years down the road, it might be twenty years down the road. And the reason for that is is that they don't have a million dollar mindset. They didn't earn a million dollars. It was just given to them. Hmm. And so they're not suddenly going to become entrepreneurial and start thinking about how they're going to be able to sort of turn that million dollars into a billion dollars, for example. So they just it just it's just sort of something that's been given to them. They haven't figured they never actually earned it, and so their behavior doesn't change. How they think about it doesn't change, which makes sense that over time, that they're eventually they still think the way they always did.
1: So, um, if you've always been living, what do they call it, hand to mouth? Just all of a sudden, your hands bigger, but you're still living hand to mouth, and so you end exactly. up running yourself out of money.
0: Yeah, because you end up so you know you'll you'll buy you know people go out right away and they will buy you know all the things that they've wanted to buy that didn't yeah. have the money to buy, and they eventually find them. It's sort of this equation of equilibrium. You always sort of you come back to where you once were. And it's the same thing with um, with weight loss. It's sort of like, um, so people will buy a program. I'll use, um, well, actually I won't use any specific names, but I've, there's there's lots of programs that you can see on TV that will tell you exactly what to do. And I've done those programs. Like there's a great 90-day exercise program out there and I've done the 90 days. Um, the problem is, and you can, you can force yourself to go through a 30, 60, or 90-day program. But at some point, uh, if your thinking doesn't change, then what ends up happening is even though you can change your body and and people think, well, if I lose weight, then I will continue to lose weight. But that actually isn't true at all. People will, um, again, if you haven't changed how you're thinking about things, then you may lose weight. But at some point, because your thinking hasn't changed, you always end up back where you were, where, where you once were, which is why, again, people lose weight and put it back on again, which is, which is very, very common. Um, Sean Croxton had a great quote in his book uh the dark side of fat loss and i think that he started it off and i think it's it's 95 percent of people who lose weight put it back on again and i was really intrigued by that but it didn't go nobody ever took that the, you know, to the next step but the reason is again because your thinking doesn't change you may change what you're doing but if you don't ultimately change how you're thinking then you always end up back where you once were because again the mind you're still thinking the way you always thought
1: yeah yeah, I think Jonathan Baylor had a a similar um, Jonathan thing in in his book as well about the ninety five percent of people regain weight for that same reason that ninety five percent of people start smoking again because there's only a certain amount of time that you can actually just abstain basically it's not a you're not changing your mindset or your perception of of what those evils are doing to you you're just abstaining from them, and that'll eventually break down.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it, it's, um, you're trying to power your way through certain behavior. And you can do that the body will allow you to do that for a certain period of time. But at some point, it will revolt, it will revolt, because it's just it's too much, it's too hard. And again, you haven't changed how you thought about it. Um, I've also thinking too. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in, in morning rituals. Um, there's some some people out there's got some great books on morning rituals, and people will read those and go, Oh, well, so and so is doing this. So I should do this as well. But it doesn't work that way. Again, it, it's, there's a whole mindset that they have in terms of why they've adopted the things that they've adopted. Simply doing what other people are doing is not going to lead to success, which is why a lot of people, even with the paleo diet, paleo in and of itself does not mean that people are going to lose weight. There's a lot of people who follow the template that struggle with it. And there's a lot of other aspects that are involved in, in terms of how we go about creating change and then sustaining it long term.
1: So I guess the the crux of, of what we're sort of dancing around right now is how do you make a lasting change then? Like, how do you bring it down to that personal enough level that you actually change your mindset to the point where it's going to make a lasting change that's meaningful and hopefully with some sort of goal in mind, not just the the good old, I want to lose weight and feel better or I want to be more healthy?
0: Well, wh- there's a couple of things you just said there that I want to point out because I, I made this mistake a lot and I still make it if I'm not actually, um, really conscious of, of the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm, I'm working on, um, is a lot of times we, we, most of the time we mix up behaviors for outcomes. And so for example, mm um the reason that a lot of people come to paleo is for weight loss obviously people are looking to improve their health as well too but there seems to be a large focus on the fact that you know people want to lose weight um and weight loss is an outcome so when somebody says well i want to lose you know i want to lose 10 pounds 20 pounds 30 pounds whatever it happens to be the problem with that is outcomes are not actionable so so we would think well you know i i That's going to be a real motivating factor in terms of creating behavior change it's not at all it's actually the wrong thing to be focusing on if people are looking to to create sustainable change i was going to say sustainable change that lasts which is which is uh,
1: (laughs) that's the real sustainable change that's
0: really really great you're serious now um yeah we've got we've got to stop focusing or recognizing when i'm focusing on an outcome and actually focusing on behaviors that enable change to happen
1: we always hear like having a specific goal, like you were saying, like 20 or 30 or whatever pounds is the sort of be all end all. You've got a measurable, accountable goal, but that's not, that's not what you're saying.
0: You have, you have to know actually uh, something I had jotted down earlier that we were talking about. You know, I was saying that one of the the things that um, frustrates, not the right word, but I, I find that the misconceptions about willpower again, is sort of like I either have it or I don't. And when you start looking at people who consistently produce a result, they think different. And when I started looking at things that people were doing, realizing that there's a, there's a thought process. And the first thought process uh, is you have to decide in advance. You have to know where you're going with this. And so okay. if weight loss is my goal then yeah, where do I want to go? Like where, you know, where, do I see, where do I see the finish line? What's the finish line for me? And if it's 30 or 50 pounds or whatever it happens to be, that's really, really important. I, got, I have to know where I'm going. Otherwise, I'm not going to know when I arrive. However, most people just stop with that and they think, okay, that's, you know, I really, really, really want to lose weight. And so, um, and they just assume that, that sort of thing, things will happen, that something magical is going to happen and I'm going to lose that weight. What we need to start doing is saying, okay, that's where I want to go. What are the behaviors that enable weight loss to happen? Okay, and and, and that's a, a it's a very different way to approach things than most people do. There are lots of ways to lose weight. People can have um, another example, and I have a friend of mine who uh, we've talked about this a couple of times. She had um, what's the shrinking of the stomach? The uh, oh the, the, gastric the, gastric bypass. Yeah, Yikes. and um, you see, and I remember a story. This was years ago. Carrie Wilson from uh, Wilson Phillips, she's a Mm. a singer. Mm -hmm. And I remember she had gastric bypass surgery. And she lost a ton of weight and she looked fantastic. And they had her on the cover of People Magazine. And I think this was back in the late 90s or maybe the early 2000s. And I remember seeing it at the time and I thought, let's just wait and see where she is five years from now. Because that's another great example of getting the outcome without actually changing how you're thinking. And so you're still the same person. You still think the same way. But suddenly you've been given this result and again, we think, "Give me the result, and I'll make it work." And we don't. I mean, most people who, who have those sorts of procedures, eventually it's kind of like the lottery, uh, the lottery syndrome. Yeah. Eventually, we end up going back to where we once were. And again, the reason is because our thoughts haven't changed. And yeah, and sure enough, she put all the weight back on. So, um, you know, when we're talking about behavior change, a you have to know where you want to go, but then you want to start focusing on behaviors that promote whatever it is that you that you know you're looking to promote. So again, if weight loss is the goal, then what are behaviors that you can be, begin to implement that will help hopefully push you in the direction that you're trying to go?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was thinking about how that would apply to the, the people who won the, the lottery. So it's almost like you I won a million dollars, awesome. I wanna keep the million dollars or I wanna not have to work for the rest of my life. It's almost that I have to forget about winning the lottery and just start thinking about how to how to be a better money spender
0: or how do you know how do you create a million dollar mindset how do you create a mindset that will allow you to earn a million dollars now
1: oh okay that's yeah. interesting yeah
0: and I think it's 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 so actually it's really it's,
1: completely forgetting about the the reality or the the outcome and focusing completely on on the process absolutely
0: and this is all and actually that's really well worded this is all process oriented so the
1: outcome is pushed aside the outcome is what spurs you to develop the process not what becomes your your goal you don't even
0: need me for this interview brock you got it all figured out we're (laughs) done no 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 this is
1: i'm having revelations (laughs) as you're speaking this is very cool
0: yeah no that's exact that's exactly that's actually really really well worded that um you know we get so caught up like um, i get i kind of bang my head sometimes when you see programs where they they talk you know lose x number of pounds and x number of days and it's like weight loss is not like calculating interest there is you can't put you know, there's there's no way that you can predict um, exactly when you're going to lose when you're going to lose weight that it is it's such a complex process. The only thing that you can predict are to put the best behaviors in place. To allow the possibility for that outcome to happen, mm. and, and and obviously you got to find ways to 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 monitor that to see if you're moving in the right direction, but you know, it, but it's all it's all process oriented. But we live in an age now where it's everything we, we completely bypass process and we guarantee the end result in in a certain amount of time. Yeah. People roll their eyes when you talk about process because it's like, yeah, but I, tell me something I can do right now that'll, you know, I'll lose twenty pounds in. in 10 days, you know, or 20 days or whatever it happens. Well, it's the
1: whole, give me a pill for, for that. Yes. Yeah. Write me a prescription so I don't have to do anything.
0: And I think that's the bigger challenge with people is that people have to recognize that that mindset's in all of us. We all have that sort of fast food mentality of, you know, I want, I, I want what I want and I want it right now. And it's sort of unlearning that mindset and adopting this, this, this process mindset where we start focusing on behavior, So I was going to say, I was going um, to give an example. So we were talking before this interview started, you know, when people look to adopt paleo, for example, how do you go about sort of developing the habits necessary so that you can have success with this? Um, I think, for the most part, what happens is people bite off way more than they can chew. Sorry, that was a maybe not, not the best mm-hmm. analogy when we're talking about paleo. But um Way, uh, <laughs> way more bacon than they can
1: fit in their mouths.
0: We try to do way too much way too soon. And again, if you take sort of this process approach and behaviors is uh, rather than looking at sort of, okay, so I'm going to take all these grains out of my diet and those sorts of things. Um, there, I think there are smarter ways to go about doing this. And, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to cite a study that I think is really, really helpful for this. Um, the National Weight Loss Registry, which is, which is in the US, they did a study this might have been 7 or 8 years ago they studied 6000 people who had lost 30 or more pounds and kept it off for 5 years or longer and there were three habits that they noticed that all three that, that were common amongst the 6000 uh, the first one was that they eat breakfast every day i'm going to come back and i'm going to talk about each one but they eat breakfast every day yeah they worked up from home and they weighed themselves every day now, most people would take that literally and they would say, oh, okay. And this is a, an example again of, of tell me what you're doing and I will do the same thing. And yeah. so everybody would say, okay, I need to weigh myself every day. I need to eat breakfast and I need to work out from home. Uh, we mm-hmm. missed the point with that. that there's, there, there, it, you, there, <laughs> ten okay. things wanting to come out of yeah. once, Brock, and nothing came out.
1: I right, so uh, I'm it, on the edge of my seat. <laughs> give me one.
0: I, um, um, so, let's, so let's use the first one, eating breakfast every day. OK, um, I I think when I hear that, what I'm thinking about when I think about eating breakfast is the fact that people control their eating environment. Uh, so whatever meals they have, they're controlling the food that they're putting in their bodies, which to me is a really big idea. I think, again, even if people could simply start with with something as small as that of, of like um, breaking it down to a meal and saying, mm. OK, like, you know what? Um, I obviously have a lot of changes that I want to make. But I will overwhelm myself if I try to do the entire paleo template at once. So let's just start with, um, you know, maybe I eat breakfast inconsistently. Maybe I don't eat breakfast. I mean, for example, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat until after midday. Hmm. So, um, so for me, it's not so much eat breakfast every day. But my first meal needs to be a meal that I prepare where I know all the ingredients that go into it. And so that's, that's my focus when I think about, you know, first meal of the day i'm not it's I'm not eating out at you know I'm not eating out at some fast food restaurant or those sorts of things. so that's the way i take I take that so if again, if people were looking at at sort of adopting a paleo diet and they've had no success, break it down into its smallest components. start with the start with just one small change that you could actually begin to do and sustain it don't take on let everything else fall as it may. Don't try and take on anything else until you can get that down to a point where it's part of your routine. You've got it down pat and you're not thinking about it anymore. And once you do that, then you can start looking at sort of adopting other things. Now that's a hard thing for people to do because again, it's a very, that's a slow process. It is. It is. Now, it, in, I mean, obviously there's, there's little things that you can add. I mean, I don't have, uh, you know, for my own sort of mentality, I'm sort of, um, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy, which works well for me usually. Uh, <laughs> but most people are not that way. Um, I've told this story a couple times, but there was a, a friend of mine who, uh, she, she'll probably be at Austin, she lives in Austin actually, she'll probably be at Paleo effects in a couple of months. Um, she worked with a client who was 299 pounds and this woman was terrified that she was going to hit 300, desperate for change. And so uh, she did something that I have I thought was absolutely brilliant that nobody talks about. So they they, they did a call and they essentially identified the food in her diet that they felt was was causing her the most problems. And and this woman had, was a soda drinker. She drank pop. She drank like two liters a day. So yeah, so rather than say, okay, you know, you've got to lose all this weight. Let's go paleo. Let's start doing CrossFit. She said, okay, so let's just focus on that. Your goal is to take that out of your diet. Don't do any, that everything else goes So once again,
1: forget about the outcome of being, losing weight. Yeah, you know where you want to go.
0: She wanted to get down to whatever, but it's like, okay, that's your goal. That's where you want to get to. But that's like a year and a half off. Like you've got to, you've got to put these goals in, you know, in in,
1: in Don't forget about it, but put it on, put it in the cupboard. Yeah, I need to know
0: where I'm going. I need to know, again, you don't just, you know, if I'm going on a trip, I need to know where I'm going and I can figure out the route to get there. Uh, And that route can go all over the place, but I, I need to know where the final destination is. So they focused only on that. And she said, get that out of your diet. Once you've got it out of your diet, call me. And that's exactly what she did. took her, I think she said, four or five weeks to to get, she took pop out of her diet and she started drinking unsweetened green tea. Hmm. And once she did that, then I think the next thing they did was uh, fish three times a week into the diet. But what happens is, even though I know people go, wow, that's painfully slow, there's a carryover effect that, that has an impact on other aspects of our lives that we don't realize. Because once you start um, consciously making choices to clean up your health, then you start doing things like, you know what, I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, You know, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier and, you know, I'm, maybe I'm going to start walking to work, but suddenly there's a carryover effect when you start implementing these other habits into your life, which again is a huge part of, you know, we, we started off talking about willpower, um, this has a lot to do with willpower, even though, again, we don't – again, willpower is not really presented in that sort of a, a, a format. But it's it's taking these big things that we want to do and trying to break them down into their most basic behavior changes and then looking to slowly implement those. And it's a it's, it's sort of an exponential effect because those things, when you start stacking those on top of each other – so when you, you take soda out of your diet and you start adding uh, fresh fish – and you begin going to bed, and or maybe concentrating on getting eight hours of sleep, and you start controlling um, the foods that you're creating. So you start, you know, you spend more time creating your own foods and less time eating out. Those things, when you start stacking those things on top of each other over a period of time, they have like an exponential effect on, on the changes that you're trying to make. The problem is having that mindset to to approach it that way, as opposed to I want to lose thirty pounds and just doing everything at once, getting completely overwhelmed and completely giving up after a month or a month and a half or two months, and then going years
1: where you're just frustrated with how you look and how you feel. I just want to pick up on something else that you said Absolutely. about just making, making those small changes. And especially just like, let's say using your example, she stopped drinking two liters of pop a day and it affected her sleep. Well, that's an unexpected positive outcome I sort of did a, a similar thing that was kind of an interesting, interesting thing years ago. I was in debt, student loan, uh, credit card debt, all of that kind of stuff, and I made a small change of any time I put money spending onto my credit card, I had to pay it off within the next two days. Like I had to. This was when online banking was sort of brand new, and we finally we had this ability to go online and be like, okay, I know I spent fifty dollars on the credit card, paid it off within forty eight hours of of putting the money on there. And it seemed like it was just a, a really a smart thing to do because I was overspending, obviously. The unintended consequence of that is now it's a few years later and I'm debt free and I've been debt free for a really long time. That wasn't my goal. The goal was just to be a little more responsible about my money spending. But that was a, a really unintended, awesome consequence of making that small change. So it wasn't necessarily and and it sounds like the same sort of thing happened with the with the woman and her 2 liters of pop she got better sleep and having better sleep means that she probably lost weight a little bit quicker maybe she was a little more energetic and walked to work and just all those all those different things kind of cascade so having that one big goal knowing what that goal is but then putting it away maybe opens up the the possibility for other goals to sort of Pop their own heads up and and present themselves.
0: Absolutely, and I want to jump in what you said because I think this is really, uh, you, a really great example, by the way. Um, and I think sometimes again, people we we miss sort of breaking down what's going on and what's at play here. Uh, first of all, talking about uh, you know getting your you know getting your finances under control, you create your own rules, and I think this is really really important for all of us on this journey. Is to um, we've got to create we create our own theories we have to we have to formulate theories that work for us and so you take other people's ideas but we don't just assume that they're going to work for us and so you again you look at your story you come up with your own theory but okay if i put something on my credit card it's got to be paid off within two days now again doesn't sound like a lot but you think about the fact that i mean debt is a, a huge problem for our society now like like people are in Accumulating massive amounts of debt. So you look at that simple thing, that's just, I'm going to pay it off two days later. You're now at a point where, you know, you're, you know, in your early 40s, you're completely debt free. There are very, very few people that can say that. Now, being debt free opens up a gazillion possibilities for you in terms of how you live your life. I mean, you're not, there are so many more opportunities for you to do things as a result of being debt free. It's such a great example. And you can apply the same concept to, you know if we want to talk about weight loss but talking about weight loss is is again and it's yes, only one thing that you did it was one again one seemingly simple thing that you did that you did consistently which is something else we overlook in this whole thing about willpower mm. it's, the, it's the power of consistency is yeah. that um if people continue to do the right things and they did that though and over over years rather than weeks or months they would be astounded at the changes they make because again Going back to your example, even doing that for a couple of months doesn't seem significant, but when you stretch that out over the course of years, you said now it's years later, you have no debt. Think about the money that you save as a result of the fact that you're not paying interest on something. That's massive. It's massive, and so you can take the same idea. And I, I, I truly believe this is my own personal philosophy, but I think we all have one core behavior that if we could figure out. The one thing that would have the most impact on our health, and we did that without fail, whatever it happens to be, it, it could have massive ramifications on, on our health. I'll give you an example okay. of another, uh, um, another story of a, a woman uh, I know, and uh, she has a fascinating story. It was 195 pounds got down to 115. And what I find significant about her story is she's maintained that now for almost five years, which is very different than a lot of people who lose weight and
1: then put it back on yeah, again. Yeah, that's the the magic time frame.
0: Yeah, yeah, is that you know she's been able to sustain it. So those are the stories that I'm a lot more interested in, not these short-term successes, um, because lots of things can change over that time. Uh, but when I sort of did an in-depth interview with her, she, there's a couple things that she does, and she does consistently without fail. Now, she also weighs herself. Um, and again, people would say, oh, okay, then I guess I have to weigh myself, which, which is, uh, we miss the point of, it's not that we have to weigh ourselves. You have to have something that allows you to track your progress, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to do it.
1: What is it? What can be measured can be changed or gained? Yeah, or? What can be measured
0: can be managed. There you and, go. Yeah. and it's, uh, um, and so that is another really, really powerful concept is we have to have a way to measure the things that we're doing. So for her, she weighs herself every day eventually when you first do it that's obviously intimidating nobody likes to get on the scale and when you first start it we get thrown off by oh my god i'm two pounds up and you know we get you know we we freak out over that but once you do that consistently over time let's say you did that for a year you weighed yourself every day for a year that what you would begin to realize is when you look at your own data is you would say you know what my weight will fluctuate plus or minus three or four pounds uh, in any given week. And that's, you begin to realize that that's just any given day. Yeah, exactly.
1: Eat a big enough meal. Yeah. Just,
0: you know, gravitational, (laughs) not to be gross, but go to the bathroom and yeah, (laughs) there's lots of things that can impact that. But when you start collecting the data, you begin, you you can put those numbers in perspective, but what she was able to do is she could also figure out like almonds. She said, if she ate almonds, she'd gain a pound and a half scale would go up about a pound and a half. When she ate almonds, so that was great feedback for her. She was able to make some decisions about the fact that she can have almonds, but she's she has to have them in moderation. Hmm. Uh, But she only was able or have them after she weighs herself. Yeah, or just not before. Um, But you know, it's it's so it gives her tremendous feedback on some of the choices that she's making, so she can make better choices down the road. The other thing she does that I love, and because it's measurable and it falls into the whole movement category, is she walks ten thousand steps every day. Um, she's got an odometer. Odometer? Pedometer?
1: Pedometer? Pedometer. Yeah. There we
0: go. Not an odometer. <laughs> um, and uh, she measures her steps. And so what that does is it changes her behavior because she makes a point of walking everywhere that she can go. And she, uh, at lunchtime, she gets, I think, 45 minutes or an hour at work and so she eats her lunch and then she grabs her camera and she goes out uh, for a walk and it she she hasn't that's become part of her lifestyle now and she knows so rather than I'm going to work out 40 minutes or whatever it happens to be for her the main thing is i need to get 10,000 steps every day mm. and she logs that so that she can you know she can track that data and i think that that has played a huge huge part in the fact that she's not only lost weight, but she's been able to sustain it because she's been doing those, those two things in particular um, for well over five years, which, again, is um, it's the magic of stacking the right behaviors together. If you can figure out what those are for you, and they're different for everybody, but if you can figure out what works for you and you do those consistently without fail… I think it's three to five I think it's sort of the magic number. You find three to five uh focusing more on three three vital behaviors um, that get you results and stick to those things. amazing things can happen
1: and once again, the word consistency came up, and a lot of people think of consistency as playing the major role because it reinforces the habit within yourself but i've seen um I worked in a in a big office tower for a while and saw a couple of people go through these through these processes of implementing something like like your friend or the person you were just talking about that was, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day. Their consistency of doing that in the office not only reinforced it as a habit for themselves, but it actually programmed us as the people around her to sort of question her. If she didn't get up and go for the the walk at lunch, be like, hey, aren't you going for your walk today? And that becomes that consistency actually refuels itself through, through the other people's sort of reinforcing your good behavior or and i i experienced in that same office after enough times of saying no i don't eat wheat or i don't eat donuts or whatever they stopped offering them to me <laughs> they would sort of look at me like give me the opportunity to to come up like it went from being oh come on brock just one to you're not going to have one are you to just sort of a glance to not even coming near me with them which is great because that helps you reinforce your own consistency
0: well, and it also, yeah, and I think the, the underlying message there too is when you are consistent with your responses, then again, people, because if you if you resist one time and you say yes another time, then, you're, then they're always going to be saying, do you want a donut? Do you yeah. want a donut? Because you're consistent in your response and saying, no, you know what, not going to have one they stop asking and uh, or every
1: day at lunch getting up and going out for the 10,000 steps everybody expects you to get up and go out for your 10,000 steps and there might be something wrong if if she didn't get up and go for 10,000 steps Are, are you okay that's a that's a really nice way to be a good friend without even realizing it reinforcing that good behavior
0: um consistency is probably the 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 most Powerful thing that we can do on the journey, which again people don't talk about that because it's always sort of about foods we should eat and exercises we should do. But once you you hone in on vital behaviors that you know um, will get results for you, working like mad to make sure that you do those without fail has massive ramifications. When you carry that again beyond simply weeks and months, but you start doing that for years and decades that's when amazing things happen like and, and they continue to happen again like the 10,000 steps is, isn't something you know she did for a month she's been doing it for 5 years and she does that without fail so it's it's a you know we live in a world now where everything is apps and hacks and all those sorts of things but consistency is a great hack for uh, and and is is a is a fundamental aspect to willpower again you know we the, the misconception with willpower is it's some sort of magical thing that happens and it really it starts in our head, and it continues and through the consistency that we use to whatever the decisions we make in terms of what we're going to do and just continuing that long-term.
1: I think your your new book should be called The Willpower Hack. Oh, no, God. wait. The Consistency Hack. Yeah, yeah. No, that's way better. Consistency Hack. I always think that's the secret weapon.
0: I always, like, whenever I... So at PaleoFX, I'm going to be talking uh, about weight loss habits, but it's really... Um, I want to talk about the things that people... Uh, people don't think our habits, like again, consistency, which, which is, is cause it doesn't cost anything. It costs mm. absolutely. You don't have to pay any money. Everyone's got access to it, but nobody talks about it. And nobody, I said, it, it goes back to what I said at the beginning where, um, most of us know what we should be doing. We just never give it enough time. Well, again, we try to take on too much. And so we burn ourselves out and we just drop everything. Um, which is why this, the, the small is better approach It's just far more effective for people. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's the secret weapon for most people. If you could just even focus on the one thing, I mentioned the girl with the, with the soda, taking that completely out of her diet um, is, is, is going to take her a long way. It's not going to get her to her ultimate goal, but that's going to make a big dent in where she's trying to go. And she, if she continues to do that and then layers something else on top of that, and then layer something else on top of that, and she gets the three to five, and sticks to those without fail. Again, amazing things can happen.
1: Cool. Well, we're we're kind of coming up on well, we're actually kind of past the end, oh, of, end of the show, but <laughs> I always like to finish these interviews, and maybe we we've sort of already covered it, but I'm going to put you on the spot to to come up with another idea. I like to finish with just. One thing this kind of goes against uh, what we've been talking about, (laughs) but the one thing that you would leave people with that they can sort of implement into their lives right now that can make a a positive step forward in their lives. Just just a, a little change, nothing earth shattering, but just something that people could could implement into their lives easily right now.
0: Um, Actually, not putting me on the spot because it's actually consistent with what we've talked about in this show. Um, There's a book, there's a great book out there called The One Thing, and it's not a health related book, but the the book is exactly what the title says. It's a guy that used to work, he used to uh, coach people, and uh, he's a real estate developer, or sorry, he was a real estate agent, and he would coach real estate agents, and you know, they'd meet each week and they would set goals and and, uh, they'd come back the following week and they didn't do any of them. (laughs) So he said, okay, well, let's just focus on three. And then they would go off and they would come back and, you know, consistently people hadn't done any of them. And so finally, he was sort of exasperated and said, okay, let's just focus on one thing and go out and do that thing. And he said, that was phenomenal. Like he said, the success that people had in their lives as a result of only focusing on a single thing uh, change their lives immensely, and so that's that's what I would tell people to do. It's because it's different for everyone, right? Like my one thing is different from your one thing. It's going to be different from you know whoever's listening right now, is to sort of take take pick an area of your life, whatever it happens to be that you're currently struggling with and figure out and this is not necessarily a 15 minute brainstorming session you're going to have to sit down and sort of think about this uh, you know and you may want to sort of ask yourself that question you know over the course of a week it's like what's the one thing so if you're struggling with a relationship for example what's one thing that you could do that could have that, that could potentially have dramatic change on, on, on how that relationship changes if it's weight loss what is one thing that you could begin to do and again keeping in mind we're talking about consistency so yeah. know, whatever the thing is you decide you it can't be too big if it's if if there's a lot of resistance behind the idea like if you pick something like okay i'm gonna work out five days a week that's too much resistance for most people and we Mm -hmm. won't end we won't ever you know end up starting it so let's go back to the steps idea so let's just say you said you know what i like the steps idea i'm not very active right now i just want to invite movement into my life don't start with ten thousand start with a thousand just just you know and and maybe the first goal is go out and buy a pedometer. i almost said odometer again (laughs) go out and buy a pedometer. and, and just start with the idea of like, you know what, I'm going to try and walk 1000 steps a day. And after a week or two, figure out, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm actually doing 3000 right now. So you know, maybe my goal for the next month will be 3500, whatever it happens to be. But the the homework is one thing, the one area of your life that's giving you the most grief right now, one thing that you could do that you think could have a profound impact on that, on that part of your life.
1: You know, I know you're sort of talking about it on a, on a much more macro level. So you're, you're making, some, making a bigger change or a, a small change that's going to affect a bigger part of your life or span over weeks or days. But what I find interesting about that idea is I find in the moment, like moment by moment throughout the day, if you also focus on that one thing. Magical things happen that way too. So it, it kind of, it's a nice double-edged sword there. You can look at it in, in the more macro way or look at, I actually changed my, I shouldn't say this on the podcast. <laughs> I changed my password to my computer to what's the focus question mark, because that reminded me to ask myself that's what right. my focus is at that moment. And whether that's the one thing that I'm implementing over weeks or months or years or what am I focusing on right now? It's okay. got sort of the same idea. And what is your focus, Brock? Um, I'm just
0: kidding. I'm trying to get your passwords. No, but see, that's yeah. brilliant. That's, you know what, it's... Uh... <laughs> my
1: focus right now is to change my password all <laughs> my not, bank cards. To
0: not talk about my, my focus. Um, no, no, and, you know, once you... So again, like, you know that's a great example actually by the way so you're looking at one thing you want to do is you want to be cognizant of the thing that you're focusing on and so then you start looking at strategies to, to start doing that um, I have a move that I want to be able to do from an exercise standpoint which is I don't even know if I'll ever be able to do it um, but I used it as that's my screen saver so every time I turn my computer on I see that image oh. and so even Can you tell us what it is it's, um, I don't know what it's, oh, flag. Um, oh, okay. So Hang people on who to don't know, yeah. And... It's like, um, it's like a, a pull-up. It's like you're hanging from a pull-up bar, but but you turn sideways so that you're literally, you know, you're, you're perpendicular to the, no, parallel to the ground. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that, but the reason I chose that was I thought, well, what what has to change, not just in what I do, but how I think to begin working on movements that allow me to progress towards that. Hmm. So it's it's getting me out of the way that I normally think about workouts, which is just simply weights and curls and those sorts of things. And doing more body weight type things and like how to, you know, a handstand is is an important part of building up the shoulder strength for those sorts of things. So those are, you know, it, it's got me thinking about things I never would have thought about as a result of picking that. Um, but I but to take your idea just a bit further. Yeah, that'd be great for people. You pick that one thing and then you look, maybe you send yourself email reminders three or four times a day that just mm. says, you know, whatever it is, whether it's steps or yeah. focus or, you know, just um, changing, you know, negative thoughts, for example, like you don't want to be complaining about things that's, you know, again, it's, that's an active will, you know, the, the ability to, to think positively about something as opposed to always complaining and thinking negative is an active will, maybe you choose something within, you know, the, the options are are endless but uh, but just one thing that's that's the thing it's just focus on one single thing
1: i like it it's think- free
0: we don't charge for that brock it's free
1: it's completely free everybody <laughs> today only by now
0: it's a uh, toronto special that we offer here yeah that's all part of what uh, being Canadians all about
1: as i hope everyone appreciates that we did our best <laughs> job of suppressing the canadian accent the entire the entire interview <laughs> so everyone could understand us just fine all right. Well, thank you very much for coming to the Toronto studio and recording this episode of Primal Blueprint podcast.
0: This is great. I, uh, I, you only had to warn me once to back off the mic. I, I'm, a, I have a bad habit when I'm talking to a mic is uh, I get right up on it, like I'm almost ready to swallow it. It's. Uh...
1: That's all right. Everybody who's <laughs> listening with headphones would be like, "He's in my head." Why is he
0: yelling? Why is that guy <laughs> screaming?
1: All right. Okay, folks. A few days after we recorded this interview, Dean came up with a great idea.
0: Hey, how you doing? Dean Dwyer here. Listen, I hope you really enjoyed uh, the interview with Brock and I. I got to tell you, I listened to it twice and I really loved it. The only problem that I had was I didn't like my takeaway that I left at the end. Not that it's a bad takeaway, but I made the mistake that a lot of people make uh, when they're giving sort of advice for people in that it kind of sounds like it's good advice, but it's actually not actionable. you can't do anything with it. and that's what uh, my takeaway was. it was it sounded great, but you really couldn't do anything with it. So I would love the opportunity to make it up for you, to make it up for you, to make it up to you by offering a free webinar. Um, I've got some really powerful mindset strategies that I have applied in my life that have allowed me to do all kinds of amazing things and and the best part is, and I'm going to be turning 50 later this year. Yes, I know. It sounds so old. I'm an old man. But uh, I am truly just scratching the surface of my potential. And I can't wait. And I and I mean this quite literally, I cannot wait to see what the next 50 years brings me with this new mindset that I have and how I go about applying it to create amazing behavior change. So if you um, if you're interested, if it's something that where you're not Feeling like you're getting the results for the efforts that you're putting in, then you'll definitely want to check this out. It's as I said, it's going to be free. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually share stuff with you that I haven't shared with anybody else yet, um, and in the effort of transparency, um, there will be an offer that I I will be presenting at the end. And while it's not for everyone. Um, for those of you who decide that it is for you, I'm telling you it is going to change your life. And I said, when you come, I guarantee I will entertain you, my friend, I will educate you, I will entertain you. And I'm more importantly, I'm going to empower you so that you can begin making changes immediately with the information that I share. So listen, if this has got you excited and you want to attend this webinar, I'd love to have you there. Here's the URL. Now, um, I'm going to give you a moment to get a pen to write this down, and I'm actually going to say it twice. Uh, it's kind of a funny, it's very short, but it's kind of a funny one to, uh, to kind of remember off the top of your head. So it's obviously www.goa.me forward slash I forward slash ZZY. Kind of like, actually, I won't say that. I don't want to throw you off. Uh, so let me say that one more time. So it's www.goa.me forward slash I forward slash ZZY. That'll take you to the webinar. You register and my friends, we are going to make some magic happen.
1: Hey Primal listeners, how would you like to access all your favorite Primal approved foods and household goods for a fraction of the cost? Well, you can just by visiting a new online shopping club called Thrive Market, where you can grab all your wholesome favorites at 25 to 50% off retail prices. And from April 29th to May 6th, you can take advantage of a once in a lifetime promotion. Order anything from Thrive Market between these Dates And you'll receive a two-month free membership, $10 off your first order, a $10 coupon to PrimalBlueprint.com, and four digital books, including the best-selling Primal Blueprint Healthy Sauces, Dressings, and Toppings Cookbook, and two brand-new publications written by Mark Sisson. Visit marksdailyapplecom slash Thrive to learn how to claim your free gifts today, because this kind of deal only happens once. It's...